Hey everyone, welcome to AWM Insights. It's your power three, actually it's your power two back again, one CPWA and a CFA, we're Brandon and Justin. As you know at AWM, we're a community of athletes, founders, and investors on a journey to be the best of what we do. And we believe that you deserve the same when it comes to your wealth. Each week we cut through that noise of Wall Street and what they're selling you to bring you the knowledge, skills, and access that you need to invest like a pro. And today we're tackling the good old topic of inflation. It's dominating the news right now. Uh, but before we do, let's recap on what's actually going on in the markets out there. Some big exciting news, the G7 actually reached a tentative agreement uh, for a global minimum corporate tax. You know, time will tell on what the loopholes are going to be, what the details are actually going to be, but it could have some absolutely fascinating impact on the markets and really just global business in general. Uh, so we're going to keep an eye on that. Then we've got COVID officially over in Norway, or so it's being told. So we can't wait to see more of this percolate throughout the world. Uh, hopefully we're starting to put this thing behind us. And then in the exciting Bitcoin news, we can't have a week without Bitcoin, El Salvador coming out and making that a legal tender. So for all those out there uh, wondering which governments are going to make it first uh, to make it official currency, looks like El Salvador is taking that charge. Uh, we'll see who's next. Uh, again, some exciting stuff. We finally had uh, the jobless claims fell to a new pandemic low and we've got wages growing. Uh, but that kind of shifts us here to, to our topic of the day, uh, back to inflation. So while we've got low, low uh, jobless claims and wages are growing, seems like prices might be ticking up as well. So we're really looking at this and trying to understand. We've got Thursday, we got more data coming out, U.S. inflation, CPI data comes out. Uh, so we're going to see how the Fed reacts to that. Uh, so with that today, let's jump in a little bit, Justin, into some inflation. Um, you know, I think this is something that everybody hears about, but maybe people don't really understand. So I think we just started the basics here. I'd love to hear from you, Justin. You know, what is inflation? Um, how does it actually affect us? Uh, you know, not only our investment portfolios, but how does it just affect us with our goals and how we're setting about things? Yeah, it's a complicated topic. As as simple as the definition can be, it is rather complicated, and measuring it is complicated. But and let's start there. The simple definition is: if you go to the store and buy a gallon of milk today, and you go tomorrow, and it, it will cost more. Uh, that that is inflation essentially. Now, that's the very 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 uh, boiled or dumbed down definition of it. Um, the way we measure it in in the economy is through a basket of goods. And there are a number of different actual statistics that are used to measure inflation. You'll most commonly hear CPI, consumer price index. Uh, that's what Brandon, you mentioned is coming out later this week. Uh, whereas actually the Fed, the Federal Reserve, they don't, they don't use that as their inflation index. They use something called the PCE, uh, Personal Consumption Expenditures, I believe is what the, that, that acronym stands for. And uh, that's, that's measured using a different basket of, of goods and a, a different statistical measure. measure. So um, not all inflation is created equal, if you will, but it, it is an important data point to, to keep tabs on. And it's important because some amount of inflation is actually good. It, 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 
it continues or it rather it, it drives economic growth and development and the you know the it prevents people people from just sitting on their money right if if you you have money to spend then you're going to be more likely to spend it today if you expect something's going to cost more in the future right there's the, there's the basic uh, explanation as why some inflation is good what you don't want is you well a you don't want deflation which is prices dropping because then people just stop buying they're like well i'm just going to sit on my money until something gets cheaper and then it's this vicious cycle and you don't want high inflation because it it that can snowball on itself as well and and really create damaging economic side effects you saw we haven't seen that in a long long time but for you know some of you history buffs in the 1970s there was pretty high inflation and and uh, correspondingly high interest rates here in the United States. Back after World War II or World War One in Germany, there was incredible hyperinflation, and then there's been episodes of hyperinflation within various um, developing countries or frontier markets where it really is damaging. I mean, it basically it it almost renders the the value of a currency useless if it gets too out of control. So, it's an interesting topic. It's an important topic. Um, there's a number of different ways to define it. Where, where we're seeing some debate in the market right now is there is inflation. These measurements that I mentioned, CPI, PCE, they're ticking up and they're they're at levels we haven't seen in in quite some time, 20, 30 years, if if my memory serves me correctly. And the big debate in the marketplace is okay, there is inflation, but is it gonna be around? Is it going to be persistent, or is this just a temporary spike in inflation? Um, that's that's a result, uh, Brandon, as you said before we got on here. Is, uh, that's a result of the sugar high from money being printed to try and solve and and um, and deal with the problems from COVID. Right? There is this incredible amount of of money creation that went to both stimulate the economy, provide unemployment benefits, and and then that's working through this the the economy the system and and causing an increase in, in inflation uh, most economists right now uh, at least those that are in policy making positions janet yellen who is largely uh responsible for dealing with the global minimum corporate tax rate she thinks this is all temporary as does jerome powell who's the the chair of the federal reserve he they are they are very clear in saying this is temporary or what the the economists say transitory um, and i would say the, the the main the main argument that they go back to for that position is the fact that unemployment is still not fully recovered from where we were before the pandemic so we're still something like eight million jobs off of where we were this time or january of 2020 of 2020, yeah. So th the concept there is if, if people are still not working, they're not earning the wage that they did pre-pandemic, then there's no way there's gonna be more dollars chasing fewer goods, which essentially goes into the inflation mathematics, the inflation calculation. So that, that's the largest um, or, or most common argument around that. The other piece too is with all this stimulus that has come out from the federal government, it's largely temporary, right? These are one-time checks, benefit checks to people. These are not continuous, uh, 
checks that are hitting people's bank account that are you know going to continue indefinitely like a paycheck would so that's the common argument against it there are some prominent people that are saying hey we do think inflation is here to stay um and that gets kind of to this the this other point that inflation is not it, it's not just black and white. There's a lot of disagreement about actually what drives inflation and and um, what even going back to the statistics, what are the accurate ways to measure inflation? So uh, I know that's a that's a uh, mouthful, if you will. You said just like what what are the basics? That's a mouthful. Hopefully I I did a did it justice. No, I think it's fantastic. It's a good it's a good framework, and I think. Right. The thing to, that's important, at least for our clients and for people out there listening is, you know, you can hear Justin talk about this. There are a lot of smart people that are weighing in. Is inflation here? At what magnitude is it here? Uh, I mean, certainly, well, maybe not smarter than you, Justin, but certainly smarter than me are debating this. And I think that the good thing to remember is this is why we don't try to forecast trying to forecast these events and trying to predict what's going to happen. It just it really it doesn't lead to good outcomes. What we need to do is be prepared for them so that we can have good outcomes, right? So, you know, it, yes, there may be a risk that inflation may pick up from, from here. And so are we going to try to predict that and make a move to, do, you know, take advantage of that or protect ourselves against that? No, what we're always doing is evaluating what are the risks out there to our overall financial structure and then make sure that we're prepared for those. So a good example of this is, as you mentioned, Justin, inflation, what it does is it potentially erodes your purchasing power. That's ultimately one of the biggest reasons we invest, right? We need our money to grow so that we can afford the things in the future that we've become accustomed to today or that we want for the future. And so if we now have, and it's always there, right? It's always existed that a risk is that prices go quicker than what we would expect them to do. So how do we protect against that? Well, you know, for us, when we're looking at our client's financial structure, we identify, okay, what are the essential needs? What are the essential priorities that our clients need? And now let's take those and make sure that we're providing a hedge towards those so that if we do get inflation in the future at a rate that's greater than it is today, our clients are protected in that. So make sure you're using instruments like inflation protected bonds, et cetera, that are all, they're going to protect against the volatility, but also keep pace with inflation. So I think when we go back to the nuts and bolts of this is it's really fascinating, especially from our standpoint, to hear the procrastinators out there of, Inflation's going crazy. Inflation's not, you know, all this kind of stuff. But, you know, the the good thing is we don't have to predict that. We don't have to forecast that. We just have to be prepared for it. And the other thing that we know about inflation or, you know, at least historically, it showed us is that, you know, when it does show up uh, or when it's not there, it's typically is does persist for a long period of time. So, you know, it's not like we're going to have this inflation printing on Thursday and all of a sudden it's going to shock the world and, then it's going to do this jumping up and down, right? If we see higher inflation, it no, we now know that we probably need to start preparing even more for a longer pro, proactive or protracted period of inflation. So, you know, the good news is don't try to forecast this stuff. Don't worry too much about that. Just make sure that you're prepared in either scenario that your overall financial structure is really protected. Um, so, Justin, I don't know if you want to add to that. 
Yeah, well, I think it's great. You you touched on this the whole concept of how we approach your financial structure, your needs, your essential needs, and match those with inflation protected securities that if they're longer term. Um, but I want to talk too around the the overall impact on your portfolio, right? That's that's a segment uh, of the portfolio where we we really look at what individual unique needs are, what the time frame of those needs are, and then we we match those up with uh, the proper security, and like Brandon said, inflation protected securities. And in a lot of cases, where you're you're essentially just matching your liability with an asset and really, really, really strengthening the 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 likelihood that you're going to have enough money inflate after inflation to to cover that that um, that need. The rest of the portfolio, um, it, to Brandon's point, is prepared for various outcomes. And I also want to underscore what type of inflation uh, actually has an impact on portfolios potentially. And and really, the most inflation in and of itself, like I said, there's good and bad inflation, but inflation in and of itself is not a bad thing for investments. There are some investments like hard assets, think real estate, which is generally in every single one of our portfolios. We like it. We talked about that in the last podcast and we'll talk about it more. So in real estate, the topic dovetails really well into this broader um, conversation around inflation. It's an asset that generally does well within uh, uh, an increased inflation regime, but also equities can do well. They don't necessarily always do well initially, but the type of inflation that can hurt portfolios over shorter periods of time is unexpected inflation. And if, if you think about it, it makes total sense where if all of a sudden inflation in an economy or around the world ticked up, it would take companies a little while to adjust their pricing. If all of a sudden their inputs to make a widget cost more money, depending on what that is, they couldn't automatically pass that through to the to the end consumer. So the result of that is maybe a, a, a decrease in profits. However, if it's a slow measured increase in inflation where they can start to adjust their prices, then arguably there's, there's really no impact to, to that specific company. So this whole concept around unexpected inflation is really where, and the magnitude of it is where it can have a negative um, impact on portfolios. But within our portfolios, we, like we said, we're prepared for various outcomes. We have treasury inflation protected securities in, in, in a lot of cases, and those actually perform very well when unexpected inflation hits. That's basically why they were were built. Real estate, again, is is generally a good inflation hedged um, asset as well. So in these un, in these times of unexpected inflation, we have pieces of the portfolio that do well there. And then a lot of the other components within a portfolio adjust over time, depending on what region or what sector or industry they're in. Some people have greater, some companies have better pricing power to pass through higher costs to, their, to the um, consumer and other companies don't. So um, again, the, you know, it goes back to this idea of being prepared, diversification, and really focusing on what your priorities are and, and making sure that those priorities, both short and long-term priorities are built in a way, or are, are, are uh, the assets that match those are invested in a way that really 
is prepared for the unexpected. Uh, that includes unexpected inflation, that includes unexpected macroeconomic events, that in includes unexpected personal events as well. So it, it's building that structure, that very robust structure to make sure you can accomplish your goals and priorities. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Justin. At the end of the day, right, it all boils down. It seems like we can keep coming back to it, but it is such an important point. It's your financial structure. It's making sure that you're protected, make sure that you're prepared, right? And just make sure that, you know, any of these events happen, you have a good plan for those because none of them should derail your long-term plan. If you have the right protective reserve in place, or if you are in a distribution phase or no more income coming in, make sure that you're in an essential protected, uh, essential priority protection uh, strategy. Uh, if you're doing those things, you're going to be prepared for whatever gets thrown your way. Um, so with that, I mean, the big key takeaway, at least for me this week is, you know, this is why we don't try to forecast. This is exactly why we just try to be prepared. We prepare with our financial structure and then we implement with the investment pieces that make the most sense to make sure that our financial structure is prepared. Uh, you know, prepared for it and, and really situated well. So with that, you know, we're going to close out today, but encourage you, we'll, we'll certainly uh, investigate some more inflation topics in the next few weeks, I'm sure. But send us across if you got any questions, anything you want us to hit on, please, by all means, send them in. We'd love to talk about them. And with that, also head over to awminsights.com. You can download our 10 key principles to investing like a pro as usual. We'll also throw some resources on there about inflation, some good uh, interviews that we've seen recently. So head on over there if you want some more information on inflation. And until next time, own your wealth, make an impact, and always be a pro. The information in this podcast is educational and general in nature and does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. Therefore, it is not intended to be a substitute for specific, individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a final decision.